You hit an animal? I think it was. It looked just like a granimal on your t-shirt. It was like a fox or like a coyote. Huh. Like it was just like horizontal to the earth like, hey. <laughs> and the next second I hit it with the car. I was just done. I, my foster daughter, I just been talking to her about like, I could hit a raccoon or whatever. I wouldn't care as long as it didn't look like a dog. And I literally just hit something that looked like a dog. Oh, no. Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zero. With me, as always, is professional film critic, Sean Patrick. And joining us this week, Michael Carlson's back. Michael from Galesburg. Thanks for having me. Michael Appreciate from it. Galesburg. Little Ivy Envy title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bob from Moline. Uh, that's good. <laughs> uh, visit us at IHateCritics.net, Everyone's a Critic Podcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our handles Critics Pod. There you can read Sean's reviews, watch the trailers, and see what movies we'll be talking about in the upcoming week, and even get a jump start. Tell us what you think about them, what you thought about them, if you've seen them. You can even watch movies on our Facebook page this yeah, week. This week. <laughs> if one of us is motivated, we might check out YouTube and post any <laughs> streaming movies. Uh, Patreon's the best way to help support the podcast. I hate critics.net slash Patreon. Uh, there's also a PayPal link. And a merchandise tab if you want to support some of that as well. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Alexa, Stitcher. Subscribe to the show, rate and review the show. We'll read your review on the air. And that's it for the intro stuff. We'll jump right to trailers. We have five of them. Uh, we'll start with Lucky Day. Uh, this was with uh, oh my god I'm gonna lose his name from back Crispin to the Glover Crispin Glover oh Crispin Glover it's good to see he's still working good didn't he doesn't he live in Eastern Europe like in Bulgaria or Czech Republic or something I have no idea like he I thought he's he lived a, in a church or something like an old church I just know he's a goddamn weirdo that's all I know <laughs> yeah I mean he's like the best part of Hot Tub Time Machine and <laughs> he's gonna lose his arm any second now I know it yeah it's a weird looking movie. I've read reviews. It's supposed to be pretty terrible. Can't wait, then. <laughs> Is it out already, then? Uh, I, I don't know if it's played, like, uh, uh, festivals or something, but, yeah, some people have seen it. I'm just glad to see him doing kind of a lead role. Like doing something. <laughs> he was in the... Wasn't he in Ben? Not Ben. The, the rap movie. Willard. Willard, yeah. That's been a while now, too, though. Yeah, that was <laughs> early 2000s. I like that. I mean, but it seems like... Whatever he's doing, he doesn't need to work or whatever, <laughs> you know? He got that million dollars for, for his cameo appearance in Charlie's Angels, and he's just <laughs> like, fuck it, I'm leaving. <laughs> I can live within my means. <laughs> uh, Jungle Cruise, The Rock, Emily Blunt. Uh, I mean, if it's if it's anything like Pirates of the Caribbean, which is obviously what they're aiming at, you know, that's fine. I, that worked for me. I liked the first Pirates of the Caribbean. I liked most of the Pirates of the Caribbean. So yeah, I'm I'm all right with this. Just feels like sometimes when you see trailers, you get transported into the room where they're making the pitch. And you're like, <laughs> and I'll get the Rock to be in it. Well, of course, I'll just write. I'll just tear off this check and hand it to you. You just <laughs> fill out how much money you need to get this thing made. The Rock does feel like something of an anachronism in this, because uh, I mean, a guy who who looks like he's you know been in the gym all day is not exactly the guy who's yeah. operating a jungle cruise. 
in the 1800s. Should have hired John Cena. <laughs> when's, the last, when's the last time you guys went to the? Uh, as I want to, uh, you know, Haunted Mansion didn't wasn't uh, wasn't that made into a movie too? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was in that too. Any more rides at Disney we can make into a into a movie? Um, but I mean, last time I, we went there, probably 2007, my wife and I, and like the girl riding, she's like in charge of the boat. She's just like. Just kill me now, like her face. And my <laughs> wife and I are just sitting there, just laughing at this girl. She's like, you know, like nineteen or twenty, and she's doing it. We're like, that poor girl. This today's her, the worst day of her life, and then tomorrow when she's running this world, running this ride, that will be the worst day of her life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, any other rides they have at Disney or Disney World, you know, they haven't done it's a small world or uh, you know the Hall of Presidents yet. <laughs> Jesus. Wait to see the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of looks like they want to do Pirates meets Jumanji. Yeah. And they got The Rock. So. Isn't Jumanji 2 coming out? Or Jumanji yeah. 3? Or whatever, 4? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 2.5 or something yeah. like that. Uh, Earthquake Bird. Thriller, is that... Uh, who is that? Uh, Alicia Vikander? Yeah, Alicia Vikander. Uh, uh, single white female set in... Uh, <laughs> In China, uh, Japan. Yeah, it's like single white female meets lost in translation. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get more lost in translation and more single white female, but we're gonna get one of them. <laughs> I mean, I like her. Uh, yeah, but I, she she just made a movie not all long ago that nobody saw called Euphoria, where she was really great in it. It's about death. <laughs> she can act. She's really good. They're making another Tomb Raider because she's that good. Yeah. So I don't know. What else has she been in besides Tomb Raider? Ex Machina? Is that her? Oh, ex- yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. She's a naked robot. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Turning. The Turning. You know, this is... <laughs> forgive me, uh, because this this title bothers me a lot, because it also it's also the title of a, of a pornography film that I've seen. <laughs> Scene, own, whatever. <laughs> it's called Eruption, but it was supposed to be about Mount St. Helens. <laughs> so it's weird. I was just like, I saw that title, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm going to share this to the Facebook page. <laughs> Not the porno. Um, I don't know. It's, I've seen this movie a few times, I think. I can't decide if it's stylish or not. At times it looked like, oh, this could be neat, and then other times it looked pretty typical. So it's got a decent cast. Mm-hmm. Is that Who is that, Mackenzie Davis? Yeah. Uh, but I, it looks like it's more typical than stylish. I don't know. Uh, then there's Doolittle. Howard <laughs> Downey Jr. is not rich enough. Yet. How much money does this guy need? Right? Don't know. Oh, this this looks like a bloated disaster waiting to happen, doesn't it? Maybe. You I, know what? He's climbed too high. He's got to go down a little, and then he'll come back up again. So, I mean, maybe <laughs> he's just jump-starting his, like, descent so he can make his comeback again. Maybe. Uh, I was trolling Josh on our Facebook page. because he, he thought posted, it was awesome. He, he liked it, so I... Uh, <laughs> well, I liked it for different reasons, but... I lied to him, and I told him it's actually secretly a musical. Well, it does kind of play like a musical in the trailer. Yeah. Almost, without the music. <laughs> the I original mean, 1968 uh, Doolittle was a 
musical disaster that uh, was made for didn't they millions get the, of dollars. Didn't they get the best picture or something? But it, they, they had to buy it, essentially. Okay. A be- nomination. It came along at a time when pretty much the ma- the massive movie musical was dying, and okay. it was just like this relic of old Hollywood. And they just keep trotting it out there because kids love talking animals. Well, we'll find out if Iron Man's truly a movie draw, a box office draw. Or not. <laughs> but January, I mean, I'm assuming that is a you, weird you would think release. it would go Christmas. Yeah. And maybe um, it'll be select cities and then come out January, I don't know, but... <laughs> It's a bizarre release date. Is there supposed to be another Sherlock Holmes too, or did I just imagine that? I'm, just, no I'm just imagining it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I keep waiting for him to do something artistic or something because like, he used to be that kind of actor. Was it Black and White? Is that the movie made in the '90s, or early 2000s? Yeah, he was. Like, in, that was a good movie. I thought that was. I mean, at least he's trying something different. Uh-huh. You know, I, I prefer him to just try to make, maybe just you know like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon you'd want for them and want for you you know like right. try, you know, like try something different you know I well, can't work with James Toback anymore he's cancelled so okay. <laughs> rightfully so rightfully okay, okay. I agree I've canceled I agree it. with it alright let's move on to our new movies this week we have four of them if I'm not mistaken correct me if I'm wrong but uh, uh, I didn't see uh, The Addams Family I apologize really I was too busy my kids are going to see it tomorrow, uh, so we have three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to the guy. I asked him if a little kid go, could go see it, and he said it should be fine. I guess I was afraid to be like a Nightmare Before Christmas situation where you're like, you don't want to bring a four-year-old to that, you know. But they said a four-year-old would be okay watching it. That's what the guy at the movie theater said. See, I'm the guy that's like, can I bring my seven-year-old to Rambo? <laughs> <laughs> like, when he rips out a guy's heart, like, how much of the heart do you really see? When he rips his, yeah. his collarbone, like, and he rips when it he out of his he throws the chest. head down the road. <laughs> uh, then we'll start with Gemini Man. Will Smith against Will Smith. Finally, the Fresh Prince versus Will Smith. <laughs> that is kind of what it is, isn't it? Uh, Gemini Man, directed by Ang Lee, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. From a script by one of the guys from Game of Thrones and uh, Billy Ray behind uh, Shattered Glass. So it's a very uh, unique set of talents you to get create. The whole gamut here. Yeah. <laughs> At the <laughs> beginning of the movie, there was like eight different producers. And you're like, whoa, this doesn't look good. There's like eight <laughs> different producers on this, you know? So the premise is that uh, he's th- that Henry Brogan, Will Smith, is the world's greatest assassin. We see him uh, proving this by... Uh, hitting a moving target aboard a train and uh, killing it. Uh, turns out, though, that that target is not who he was led to believe it was. It's actually an American scientist and not a scientist who's defecting to Russia, as he was told. Uh, this has been done to set him up to be uh, killed. Uh, Clive Owen's character, who's his former uh, commanding officer, wants him taken out, so he's arranged this whole thing in order to give him a reason to do it and now he's got to go on the run with a character played by mary elizabeth winstead and try and stay ahead of uh, the people trying to kill him one of whom happens to be his 23 year old clone um this this is something that should be right up angley's alley in terms of the themes because he is a guy who likes to examine big themes he's a, a director who's got a tremendous eye for this type of storytelling i i'm a huge fan of his uh um, halftime the, the halftime walk movie I thought that was amazing mm-hmm. uh, this this is more along the lines of a Jerry Bruckheimer movie yeah 
This is a movie that's about chase scenes and action and high frame rate and 3D and I didn't, isn't it like 120 frames a minute or something? Like this is the way I'm going to shoot it. There's only three theaters that can show this. Was that one of the right? Was it's that HFR? I know yeah. that and HFR 3D. Um, so it's that's what they did with the Hobbit when they right. released that. Uh, I didn't see it in that format. I just saw it in an IMAX, and yeah, it's it was good. I mean, the CGI works. You know, the the there's a couple of scenes that are kind of that rubbery early 2000s CGI that uh, that kind of hampered the Matrix sequels. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I bought into it. Uh, the movie doesn't have any depth, though, in terms of examining the idea of you know duality or trying to battle your younger self, the demons of your past, that kind of thing. It's well, it really felt like it was all about guilt, and there's a giant metaphor for guilt and all the weight of everything that you've done in your life, and they didn't really, it didn't really deliver. No, they were more interested in, in uh, going back to that old trope about uh, the the uh, eth- ethics of cloning, which, I yeah. mean, <laughs> that hasn't been a thing since Dolly the Sheep. Like, <laughs> it's just a lot easier to do than tackling actual, you know, personal identity and, and guilt and darkness and the the idea of what it's like to be a hitman and having to live with the things that you've done. They're not, uh, this movie doesn't have the time to try and deal with that because it just wants to be an action thrill ride. And as an action thrill ride, it's not bad. I mean, some of those chase scenes are pretty great. I think my dad would love this movie. Yeah. It seems like it's perfect for like a Saturday afternoon you're watching it and you're like, uh, it's, uh, it's on Netflix. I'll watch this. You know, do I, I've, I was promised myself I was going to clean the garage, but this is on Netflix. So I'm just going to watch this. <laughs> it's very minor entertainment to say the least. I feel like that's like a Will Smith, what he looks for in a script. <laughs> so this non-threatening, mildly amusing to people. <laughs> There's no depth. I'm good. I got this. This is this is certainly the late period Will Smith, where he's eschewed being fun for being dignified. And that's not my favorite thing in the world. I'd like him to try and be fun again. It's been a while. He's starting to get very, very self-serious in his, in his uh, advancing years. And I don't mind that if he would make a good movie when he does yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. Some of them are really bad. <laughs> What's the crash landing one with him and his kid? They're like science fiction and they crash land on an Indian... After Earth. Yeah, whatever. Okay. That was a piece of shit. Anyway, sorry, Will Smith. <laughs> He's made some really terrible decisions of late. That drama he it. made with Edward Norton. Yeah. Oh boy, that was terrible. Well, like you're, pull, you're pulling for him. Like everyone wants to love Will Smith. He's yeah. everyone's favorite person. And you're like, just make something I want to watch. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, when Tarantino comes calling, you don't say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> uh, Jexy. Jexy. Uh, Adam Devine. <laughs> And uh, basically, I guess, a raunchy comic take on her. Uh, the idea here is that he's a millennial guy working for a website that, that specializes in listicles. You know, those things that are linked to the bottom of news stories on various websites with celebrity pictures that mean nothing to the actual story. Uh, he writes those professionally, but he dreams of being a journalist. But he's obsessed with his phone because as a kid, his parents would start arguing and they'd just hand him a phone to distract him from the fact that they're no, Thank arguing. God we're past that now. That never happens today. <laughs> <laughs> so he grows up with just this phone attached to his hand. And one day it gets knocked out of his hand and broken and he's got to go get a new phone. And uh, the new phone happens to have the new advanced operating system, Jexy, a voice by Rose Byrne. 
who, uh, when he once he agrees to the user agreement, is able to then do whatever the hell she wants, take control of his entire life, and boss him around, and generally just tell him what to do. So it starts off with her just telling him that he's chubby and he can't get the delivery food that he wants, so she orders him a salad. You know, and she's making fun of him and calling him a chubby loser. And uh, he keep, she keeps kind of abusing him into becoming a better person. And that's basically the plot, is her just repeatedly abusing him to become a better person. I wish Siri would abuse me. <laughs> Wait, what, what kind of, oh, I'm what kind of, of weird eating. fetish are we going into no, no, here? No, no, no. no fetishes. I just, sure. I need to eat more salad. That's more or less what I'm getting at. <laughs> I, I kind of cut out Beat me, Siri. <laughs> feed me good food. <laughs> I don't want to be fat anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, just that's the motif that's here. And, of course, there's this being a, a very average or below average comedy. He's got a love interest who's well above him in terms of attractiveness and maturity and would have absolutely no interest in being with this guy other than the fact that they're in a movie together and she's required by the plot to be with him. And be extra hot. Hot beyond his means. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. My wife always gets mad if there's like a big age difference or if there's a hot difference as well. Like if she's a 10 and he's like a 4, she gets pretty upset. <laughs> or if she's 50 and or if he's 50 and she's 20, she gets pretty upset too. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I have a hard time with a lot of the classic movies we look at because you got the 50-year-old man and the 23-year-old woman in almost every movie. Well, it feels like Adam, Adam Sandler picks whoever the hottest girl is at that moment and puts her in the movie with him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Oddly enough, though, I don't have a like Melissa McCarthy or whoever. I don't. I didn't have a problem when she's like her and uh, the Duplass guy when they yeah. got together. I bought okay. that. I don't know why, but when it's guys like Adam Fine, it does bother me. <laughs> I, I, he's just not not to my taste. I just don't care for for his style, and especially when in stuff like this where it's. A lot of the comedy is based off of his just sweaty, desperate, manic energy trying to make this stuff funny, like trying to really radiate him, his body into making something funny. It doesn't work. It just comes off as sweaty and desperate, and the laughs basically come at your, at your uncomfortable with how embarrassed you are for him. <laughs> did you watch Game Over Man, the Netflix show, Netflix no. movie? No. Uh, did you watch Workaholics at all? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Well, it just feels like if you're in on those, you'd be in on this. Yeah. And if you like that comedy, you can also get it in this. But if you don't, then you're like, I don't want to watch this. But am I wrong that he's kind of a one-note joke? Yeah, he just has like the one thing he's funny for. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, he tra- he, he changed it up a little bit in Isn't It Romantic, where he's the romantic interest of uh, Rebel Wilson. But that movie's entirely about her. He's just a, a he functional there. part of it. Okay. Um, <laughs> this movie also has... One of the one of the stupidest developing comic tropes that I'm I'm really coming to hate, and that is this thing where groups of characters adopt a movie at random and and decide that it's that it's the most classic movie ever made. So like in Ted, they had Flash and. Like oh, yeah. a movie going the distance did the same thing. I can't remember what movie it was, but they just decide that random movie, random eighties, nineties movie is now a classic that everyone loves. Red Dawn, yeah. So whatever. <laughs> this, yeah, this movie, it's it's Days of Thunder. Everybody loves Days of Thunder in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Why? Fuck who knows. <laughs> Fuck when all. we make your ghost movie, can we make Who's the Man the movie that everybody likes? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Why not? I mean, perfect. It's the perfectly random. <laughs> we've decided this is a classic movie. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we're kind of expecting it, but at the same time, it would have been nice if it was a little bit above average or at least average for comedy. Yeah, it's. I mean, Wanda Sykes is really funny, but she's playing the character that's that's basically there to so the movie can say that it's self aware because mm-hmm. she's she's the one who's repeating all the things about why are you so obsessed with your phone? Why you got that phone all the time? You know, and that's a, her function, and she's the you know the the boomer voice of reason, <laughs> which is uh, this kind of feels like the kind of movie that that a boomer goes, yeah, this is what phone culture does. Yes, I understand phone culture. This is what it is. Why do we always skip Gen X? <laughs> it's always boomers and millennials, but we're just kind of, what about us? <laughs> we're a pretty bland gener- generation. Very cynical generation, generally, with the exception of you. <laughs> we discovered last week. <laughs> but isn't that kind of our, our what they give Irony, Gen X? cynicism, yeah. Right. Ironic to the point where we don't even realize we're being ironic anymore. Which is why why millennials are now where they are, where they don't even know what a joke is anymore. Right. (laughs) You cannot tell me, no one can watch this movie and have the same reaction to the Days of Thunder joke, whether they're being serious about it or whether they're being funny about it. You can't tell. They don't even know if they're making a joke. Well, yeah, when hipsters came along, that's why I'm like, are they kidding? Are they... Those pants are too tight, you know? <laughs> that that mustache ironic? looks silly, but at the same time, he really loves it. So I don't know. Does he really like Pep's Blue Ribbon? <laughs> I know Grandpa does. <laughs> it's basically piss water. Does he enjoy it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, along those lines, there was a Netflix movie, Amy, which we decided to add to the show this week. I uh, saw that one, yeah. Did you watch it? I did. I did. And I kind of liked it. <laughs> I kind of liked this. No way. I was like, no way is he going to like this. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Ow, I, I kind of enjoyed it. But I think the Jexy experience kind of set me up to like this one more because I think it's a better version of that story. <laughs> uh, the idea here is that uh, uh, Debs Howard plays Cassie. Cassie's mom has been killed in an accident that also left her with a head injury. Uh, she's been very different since uh, the, the head injury. She's become uh, distanced from her friends. She's uh, estranged from her father, who's an, become an alcoholic. And, and he likes to party. He's got this he likes to party. awful boyfriend who is just the worst human being on the planet, but she stays with him, I guess, just because that's who she was dating when she was in the accident. I guess I've romanticized her situation. Like, this is the way all high school... like high school romances are that I wasn't involved with. I'm like, that's probably what's happening right there with those people. You know, like, this is, this is the way it's always been with these crappy people. Right. Anyway. Uh, so, it, uh, she, she, by some force of the universe, ends up with this phone that has the Amy operating system in it. And in that, you can choose the voice you want for your phone. And she happens to find a voice that she believes sounds exactly like her late mother. And this voice begins to tell her to do things to the point where she ends up murdering her supposed best friend who's sleeping with her boyfriend in a very violent and vociferous way. And mom helps her dispose of the body in a way that might help her get away with it. And that's the way we're going to proceed for 
a mere 71 minutes, this movie. Yeah. Very short. Very short. But I got to say, that ending was – that was funny. That made me laugh hard. I loved that. I really enjoyed that fucking ludicrous, brilliant ending. <laughs> you said the phone surrounding the tables. <laughs> I really, I really did enjoy that ending. I thought it was fantastic. I, I, it's more ambitious than Jexy. It's got more, you know, it's got more of an idea to it. It's got, as opposed to that movie, which is just kind of the, the comedy of, of point and laugh at that thing. Uh, aren't these people with their phone obsessions funny? This one takes the the obsession with phone culture to a logical extreme, like to the most extreme possible. And I, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. A, the boyfriend's just ambitious. sitting there and he's like, I want porn. And like into the phone, give me porn. <laughs> <laughs> like, porn, but he's asking the voice of his coach, which is fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was... I guess my big issues with it are... <laughs> I mean, it's stupid. It's <laughs> But it's... But... <sighs> I mean, the way they end up with Amy is just kind of weird. You just Random. have a regular phone that has Amy on it, you know, and then, yeah. you know, use her craziness to, I don't know. I think they could have done a little more of that. Instead, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to start using this phone on the side of the road. <laughs> now it's mine. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> and that then makes the, no sense, yeah. And then she gives him a phone, and he's like, well, I'm going to stop using my phone and use this phone. And I then mean, somehow he deletes his phone and it almost deletes her phone. How did that happen? But then happen? it doesn't, so it's just right. like, why'd you even show me this? <laughs> it felt like a Black Mirror episode to a certain extent, but it was bit. it was fun. It was yeah. I mean, it felt like something you'd find on Netflix. Like, I don't think it... Like, I wouldn't want to spend the money to see it in a theater, but it's still fun to watch. I don't think it's a, a great movie, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, just Have because fun. It's, it's short and it's silly and it's got that ending. Yeah, it's... yeah. And she's really charismatic. I like I like her. Yeah, and there's you know she is nuts, and so there's that great you know, eyes. Like she's got the crazy eyes yeah. down. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess part of me can see a de- a pretty good movie in here, and that they just kind of didn't go for. But I guess it was a Netflix movie, so it yeah. is what it is. Low budget, high ambition, easy to watch for sure. Artless, <laughs> but fun. You know what else I watched, uh, just to kind of complete this, is I watched Her. I watched Her on Netflix last night, because I couldn't resist it after sitting through these two movies. I'm like, I'm in it now, let's just watch the Citizen Kane of this movie. Okay, uh, the version, <laughs> that's a good one. And uh, it still holds up. It's still it's still an amazing movie with uh, so much heart and life and beauty and incredible production design and... Joaquin Phoenix. Is I think amazing. it's the, the no, no belt thing that bothers me. It's like a weird no belt situation. It's the future. Well, right. No belts in the future. It's like Back to the Future too, yeah. where things are a little they're a little different. Like three, three neckties. Very high waisted. Yeah. For some reason. But I don't know. That movie's amazing. And yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think we're gonna? This is gonna happen in our lifetime. We're gonna have robots. Like we've got real life rubber robots being made in Japan right now. Do you think there's going to be computers that are going to adapt to us quickly to become our best friends on our phones? I mean, you can, you can put Siri inside of a sex doll, I bet. <laughs> well, have you guys seen the new Whitney Cummings stand-up? Yeah, that, I guess that's why I brought it up, because she, like, she made her a doll that looked just like right. her. And that talks and answers questions yeah. and shit. Uh, I mean, as quick as the, this... It you feels know, like when the singularity happens, we're going to have like an awesome two weeks. 
Yeah, I don't see it happening though. I okay. don't know. I I'm cynical though. Well, to me, it feels like it just this. It's going to be sad. This is what humanity is going to be. People are just going to stay. They're going to lock into their homes even more when this happens. You know. Anyway, I mean, it's it's the it's the the next logical step is the Wally universe where we're yeah. right. fat people in in floating chairs. <laughs> I think that's the yeah. next logical step before we even get to AI. Oh, I definitely can see that already starting. <laughs> I mean, we're killing the planet, right? <laughs> so we're all going to find a ship yeah. in the universe. <laughs> all we need is the internet and an avatar. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else on her or Jexy or Amy? Uh, you know, just that... Uh, this whole thing about telling people to just put down your phone, I think we all get it, dude. You don't, we don't need to consistently be told you need to get off your What's phone. What's the, I think the Jim Darmish movie, the one we just the, – the, the zombie one? Uh, the Dead Don't Die. The de- that was just like, I'm going to uh, preach at me about my cell phone. I'm like, it's not like 2001, dude. Anyway. Yeah. So that was the lamest fucking yeah. joke. Just the zombie with the phone in their hand. Oh, oh, look how clever we are. That's basically all of Jexy, too. <laughs> uh, that's why. I, that's why I like Amy because it's not that. <laughs> yeah, they almost don't know how to use phones in that. Yeah, <laughs> what's this thing? It's on the side of the road. I think I'll use this. <laughs> hey, you sound like my mom. I'm gonna go kill people. All right, let's move on to our undisputed classic, ladies and gentlemen. This is the main event for the linear, legitimate. And universally recognized, undisputed classic. I can only assume you picked this because Jexy's like her and Spike Jones directed her, so he directed this. No, I picked it because Gemini Man, Will Smith versus Will Smith, Nicolas Cage uh, is playing. T- eh, okay, <laughs> I thought it was. The, I thought it was. The, I remember you did say Gemini Man, and I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, there's it two Will Smiths. Thin. There's two Nicolas Cages. <laughs> It made sense in my head. Yeah, having not Obviously, seen. her should have been the classic, but I mean... <laughs> well, we did her on the podcast when it came out, yeah. so I... Uh, it's uh, Adaptation, uh, 2002, starring Nicolas Cage as Charlie Kaufman and his fictional brother, Donald. Uh, it's the story of how he was asked to adapt The Orchid Thief, a real-life book by real-life reporter Susan Orlean. Uh, which is pretty much an unadaptable book. It is actually about flowers, and not actually a movie with a book with a, a story Story-line, or yeah. a narrative, of, really. Uh, and the struggle that he has trying to adapt it to the point where he begins to write himself into it as a way to find some sort of narrative through line. It's an absolutely brilliant up your ass movie. It's just so inside of itself. Uh, and it's kind of the perfect lead into uh, Synecdoche, New York, where he goes oh, yeah. really even further up his own ass, but in a most wonderful way. Uh, I really, ad- I just adore Charlie Kaufman's style, aside from maybe Anomalisa, which was not my favorite movie, but. Uh, this is the Claymation one, or what? Yeah, okay. That one. Uh, but his other stuff is just, he's, he's the most unique storyteller going today, and it's a shame he doesn't work more. Yeah, have you ever heard uh, what's her name, Susie Orlean? What's Susan her? Orlean? Yeah, have you ever heard her explain how she found out about this movie? <laughs> no. Oh, I watched uh, like a ten minute 
you know, Q&A session she had. And she was like, well, I knew they couldn't adapt this book, but they tried to anyway. And I was like, all right, see what you can do. <laughs> and uh, they got, they say, we got this new yeah, up-and-coming screenwriter. He did Killing John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, pretty sure it's being John Malkovich, but okay. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> they just... She's like, okay, whatever. And then eventually they go, all right. Uh, when he's done with it, they want to have a meeting with her. And she goes, okay, let's meet for lunch. And they want you to get something to drink. And she's like, well, it's, well, I don't really drink at lunch. She's like, just, let's just have a drink. It's a celebration. She's like, okay. So they got her nice and drunk and let her read the script. <laughs> and she's like, you know I can't let you make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point, she got him to... Like one of the things was this movie can never be shown in Ohio where she's from. (laughs) (laughs) My parents are gonna watch this movie. (laughs) I guess one thing I like, I mean, as as you're getting older, you see Merle, Meryl Streep, like there's like an old person love scene. You're like, this is nice. Old people have sex. It's not just young and beautiful people having, you know, right. And then just uh, Cooper. Uh, what's it or what's Chris this? Cooper? Chris Cooper, yeah, and he was just like, "I'm the smartest man I know." It's like, dude, this is the best. He's just so much fun to watch in the movie. Like his character is so much fun, and then and just it's hard because uh, Nicolas Cage. You're like, is he a good actor? Is he not a good actor? Is he is he is he acting at a new level? But like, is his performance and everything like is he living art? Like, is he wake up and everything is like a living art piece to him? Like, is he really acting in this? Maybe I'm thinking too much, but Nick Cage in his day to day. But it's like, has he ever acted good? I don't know. Is this a scam? <laughs> He's just running a scam on everyone. I don't know. I mean, speaking of being up your own ass, he's definitely that. <laughs> yeah. But in a way, he's Bees! a genius. <laughs> I mean, but both characters are so different. Yeah. That, I mean, and that's... That just shows you, yeah, the, the, he's he's working on he a level He knows what here. he's doing. Yeah. But didn't Charlie Kaufman invent a brother, and then he his brother also got a, nominated? nominated? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Donald's not a real person. He never existed. Uh, that that's is, fantastic. That's what he... That's his... Uh, his idea of what uh, a mainstream uh, version of a screenwriter is, and and you know the kinds of things that he feels he's incapable of doing, he, he invests into Donald, which is you know completely without his anxieties uh, and com- with, but with his body type, his face, and, but has all the abilities that he doesn't have: the ability to be uh, disingenuous, the ability to speak to women, the complete lack of a filter, uh, the things that he he would want to express if he could. Yeah, and it's neat because like his his movie that gets picked up is all with explosions and sex scenes and whatnot. <laughs> and I mean, it reminds me of the is it the player where they he's like Bruce Willis and Julia Roberts will never be in this movie, and then at the end, that's, that's the movie they're making. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of that because in the end, that's what he adds to his movie. Yeah, <laughs> about a flower. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to being John Malkovich. I mean. It's a movie that when I see it, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then 10 years will go by before I see it again. And I'll gradually forget about it. And we'll do flick chart and I'll pick against it. (laughs) But it really is a great movie. Yeah, I love this movie. I love it a lot. I think it's uh, incredible. And I think think Cage is legitimately amazing in it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's certainly hard to take and it takes seriously a lot of the time but i think this is just this is a triumphant performance i mean he's just 
he lives both of these characters so fully uh, that it's it's hard not to take him seriously in this one. I'll be honest. I've liked Nick Cage a lot probably in the last seven to eight years when he stopped doing the blockbusters or when he wasn't getting the blockbusters <laughs> as much. Like his downturn makes me like him more. Like, you know. Because some of those movies are amazing. They're good. I mean, they're batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, and then you get Mandy, which is just. Oh, fuck. I love Mandy. <laughs> Like a black a metal opera. Movie. Was yeah. it Drive Angry? Is that what he did? Another one? Was it Drive Angry? Is that what it was? Anyway. Yeah, that was a really shit. It was so... I, <laughs> it was I loved it. It was so bad. Mom and Dad was great. Uh, the <laughs> movie about the Army of One was amazing. I think that everybody should go yeah. see that immediately. <laughs> I think they literally start making the movie. Well, it feels like it's nice to see movie. him having fun, but I don't know if he's... I don't know what's acting, what isn't. I don't know where he starts in the character. I don't know. <laughs> because we went to the Mandy thing. They had Kevin Smith did a Q&A. And you got Panos Cosmatos who can't put a sentence together. You got the other actor who's normal. And then you got Elvis or whatever. <laughs> whatever. He walks in in a gold suit with glasses on. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> and it's... I, I, he knows what he's doing. He's keeping you guessing, and there's something kind of amazing about that. I don't know. He's like a wrestler. He's like you know he's living his gimmick. Yeah. Like this is where you know like where does one begin? Whether like Ric Flair or whoever, you know like we're we're blessed to be in the time. Kayfabe still real. Yeah. With, yeah. <laughs> he's, he crossed the line years ago and just never went back. It's like fuck it. I'm gonna buy an elephant. Now in Valley Girl, in Valley Girl, he shaved his chest hair in a very specific way. Maybe it's just ever since then, and this is I, this is a that's an interesting then. point. Though, yeah. like he he's been crazy for a long time. Yeah. Like right, he tried to. Did you you look? You've seen Peg, Peggy Sue got married? Yes, of course. He tried to. Peggy. Peggy. Sorry, he tried to destroy that movie. Yeah, I mean, he tried very hard to destroy that movie because he's like, basically, I'm going to do this voice whether you want me to I'm or not. I'm going to be as goofy as I, as, Yeah. <laughs> you want me to be normal. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's when he became a star, which even then, like, Con Air is the reason people like it's because of him. Yeah. So bad. Right. <laughs> but but I, it's fun. I can't help but say it to myself regularly, put the bunny back. <laughs> That's my favorite all-time gif is him getting off the bus. The sun and his wind in, in his face. And even face off. Like To me, I yeah. feel like if I would have found that in the bargain bin like I did Mom and Dad and Army of One instead of you know <laughs> yeah. being the number one movie of the weekend, yeah. I would have appreciated it better. <laughs> If that came out today with Travolta the way he is in Nicolas Cage, wow, man, that would be great. <laughs> you think they should do a shot for shot remake, but just today, as, as, as they are today? I think we should just pretend it never happened and then re-release it. Or they just switch the roles. They could switch the roles right now right. and remake it. <laughs> oh God, what would, what would have happened if he was Superman? Oh wow, that is an alternative universe I want to live in. He's got that weird neon suit. I watched the documentary. There's like a weird yeah. neon yeah. one. That was kind of, I mean, whatever. It would have been interesting. <laughs> I mean, Mullet Superman. Yeah. Is he the closest thing to Andy Kaufman we got? <laughs> Man. Maybe he is Andy Kaufman. Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> and Jim Carrey just thinks he is. We went to the the ghost. I, I was I had worse seats than Bob did. 
And at, at part of the like, it felt like very much theatrical, like the band ghost. The band ghost. It kind of felt like musical theater to a certain extent, and it almost felt like some of the stuff that he would say. I was like, this feels like Andy Kaufman, like the lead singer, you know. And it feels like it's very much similar to what you know Nick Cage is doing. You're like, this. What? What? What's real? What is acting? What <laughs> is what? Doesn't I don't know. make sense that it's successful. Yeah. But somehow it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's a ton of kids here, and everybody's yelling, "Hell, Satan." <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's what happened. I sent you that message. I was like, if this is, if there's no live crucifixion in this thing, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is probably one of the ghouls. Or yeah, He's yeah. Got a mask on his face. <laughs> Sounds right up his alley. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen adaptation, you need to see it. It is. It's an incredible movie. Yeah, it's on. Amazon is it through Showtime? I don't know. It was yeah, free. through Showtime. Uh, but go see it right now if you haven't, or if you have, you know you forgot about us. So go and see it again. Charlie, Charlie Kaufman, he did Spotless Mind too, didn't you? Write that one. You too? wrote that, yeah, man, yeah. That's another one too. Yeah. Where in the moment I'm like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen, and then it's like, well, I don't know. Well, you just you know flick chart. Yeah. <laughs> It's good. I like it, but I wrote the most up my ass review of this movie back in two thousand and two. I was talk. I, I basically wrote myself into the review just to <laughs> to play off the motif. Oh, of the that's movie. funny. Yeah. Don't like rereading it. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> that's funny. All right, nineteen eighty nine. We've got six new movies. Uh. Where to start? To kill a priest, Christopher Lambert, Ed Harris. I watched the trailer. I've never seen that movie, but it's got Christopher Lambert, the Highlander. Lambert, yeah. There could be only Lambert. one. <laughs> yeah. Based off of a true story, a Polish revolutionary priest who's very charismatic. The uh, CIA basically allowed him to be killed on their on their watch. Did it look good? Not really. Christopher Lambert is not a great actor. Really? Are you sure? <laughs> uh, Halloween 5, The Curse of Michael. It is 5 right now, five. 6. Yeah, yeah. it's five. The Curse of Michael Myers. For me, though, like I came of age when Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4 came out, and like those were mine, and it felt like 4 and 5, or 3 and 4, for... Uh, or no, the three, four, four five, and six. Yeah, those are the those are the ones for Halloween that I really enjoyed. Like especially the girl. You're like, I, I, I don't. I mean, I like girls, but I'm not really. I, I could see myself with this girl. Like it kind of brings you in, you know. Like I, I, I had so much fun growing up watching these movies, but they're not good. <laughs> I, I wasn't able to watch them growing up. I mean, I've seen them since, and I'm yeah. Even when I think about it now, I'm like, you really think Rob Zombies is that bad? You know. It's, <laughs> It gets worse, and it gets worse from here too. Because yeah. I just keep going. <laughs> this is uh, th- this is the, the I find this to be the most forgettable of all of the of all the Halloween movies. I mean, at least the other ones are like terrible on a level that is memorable and exciting. This isn't even terrible on a memorable and exciting way. It's just just bad. It just sort of lays there. Did you fall out? You might be that cord acting weird. You had it for a second. I mean. The buttons. Hello. hello, hello. There's good right you're there. You're good. You're on. Well, anyway, I wanted to say 
That it felt like they had like an avatar for little kids. I mean, hey, bring your kids. Come watch this Halloween movie. We'll put kids in it now too. But instead of teenagers, they had little kids in it too. So it kind of it kind of welcomed me into the Halloween universe, having like a 12, 13 year old girl in it. Also, a Halloween three. I think everyone should revisit it. It does no business being called Halloween three, right. but as as a movie by itself, it's pretty fantastic. I mean, as far as a movie from that time, right? No, I agree. I, there's this weird audience so that was upset that they stopped like four, five and six is almost its own series. Yeah. And they were gonna they had this big climax in seven and they were like, No, Jamie's coming back. Let's we're gonna abandon it. Yeah, well like those are the ones that that really brought me in. Like the the whole Thorn cult thing that they tried to introduce at some point. Something like that. I don't even really remember. Uh, they tried to explain like how Michael Myers was able to continue to live by this cult called the Thorn Cult that put a tattoo on his hand and used runes to control him. Hmm. And then Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to <laughs> three or four different times. Uh, where do we got Breaking In? Burt Breaking Reynolds. In, man, I've seen worse Burt Reynolds movies. I said that earlier. <laughs> what do you guys think? I didn't get through it. I was. <laughs> I, what is this crap? Was, I'm sure you have to watch 30 movies a day, so you'd be uh, like, nope. After after getting through that scene with uh, him and Casey Shamasco and the and the sex workers, I'm like, no, I'm done. Like, I don't need to see this anymore. I'm <laughs> it wasn't a super good movie, but it had Casey Shamasco in it, and that guy was in some great movies in the 80s. Have you ever heard of 3 O'Clock High? Oh, yes. sure. Yes. That, uh, I don't, if you whatever you're doing, just stop right now and go I've, watch Three O'clock High. I've written about Three O'clock oh, High. Oh, you don't? You think it's? A little, you thought it was too crappy? I think it's a little, little too uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. yes, <laughs> deeply, deeply but toxic. You know that was yes. made in the '80s where everything was okay back then. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Steven Spielberg. He was a producer, but he wanted his like after they got done making it to a certain point where they were finished. He's like, I don't want any more part of this. He's like, I, want to, I was also a producer, but I don't want anyone to know I was associated with Three O'clock Guy. Uh, it's uh, it's fun watching this guy. He was the he was like the fifth guy in Young Guns. Casey's some must go. It's like, hey, and we got that guy, and he was um, and he was the one I'm one of the gang members in uh, Stand by Me. He he was he was also that, and he was also a gang member in Biff's gang too. <laughs> so he's in all these all star cast movies, but he's the other guy in yeah. those movies. <laughs> <laughs> he's like almost Brat Pack, but not. Yeah, it was a lot of fun watching him be stupid. Like that that was probably the most joy out of this Burt Reynolds movie <laughs> here, like, just him being an idiot. But at the it's end, like a really, it's like a really shitty Breaking Bad. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> Burt Reynolds is the. That's the man As who Walter knocks. White. Yeah. And at, at the very end, he goes to, anyway, spoilers, he goes to prison. He's like the king of the idiots in prison. He's like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's real dumb. I don't know. If, if if it's free on YouTube, if you're stuck somewhere, maybe you can watch it. it. I don't it's know. It's on our Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm too young to know that. You know, Burt Reynolds was never like the, the main guy when I was a kid. So he was just, he was kind of on the downward spiral and i do remember an interview where he said striptease was the best role he's ever had so (laughs) he didn't like boogie nights so i don't know my mom had a crush on burt reynolds a little bit she had this movie that i never watched uh smoking the bandit no although she liked cannibal run two 
No, it was the the man who loved women or uh, yeah, something. That's I thought it was a porno, so I all I was always just kind of in awe of it. My dad had that poster like in his like garage area, <laughs> like he had it on the wall. Yeah. Also a great mustache. <laughs> but the, this is late period Burt Reynolds and he's just he just doesn't give a fuck. He's just so bored in he this just movie. Walk, like, it feels like he's just walking through these movies. Other than Cop and a Half. He's just like walking through all these movies. He doesn't care at all, you know? <laughs> the Fabulous Baker Boys. You know, I, I, I'm a huge Jeff Bridges fan. He's, I mean, he's star of my favorite movie ever. And uh, so I'm constantly like, there, there are times where just Jeff Bridges will just pop into my head and I'm kind of wondering what he's, I'm looking about what he's done or what he's going to do and uh, and then to get, we're coming up on this anniversary of 30 years of this film, and I'm like, why doesn't anybody ever talk about The Fabulous Baker Boys? Nobody ever talks about that movie. It's completely forgotten. I watched it today, and I'm like, oh, that's why we forgot it. It's a piece of shit. This movie fucking sucks. That's why we forgot it. It feels this. like the narrative is just so disappointing. Like, you want stuff to happen, and it just doesn't. And it's right. like, it starts getting momentum, and it just kind of sucks it out of you. And you're like, eh, can we just watch her roll around on the piano somewhere? Can we do that part again? I mean, the the story is the two brothers who play piano in piano bars, and then they take on a singer who's a former sex worker for reasons that don't really matter to the plot in any way. Sex workers work, she just, too. She's just a sex worker, and she, that's her backstory, and we don't have really any interest in mm-hmm. how that informs her character, because she's really just here to be a function of the of the plot devices. Tearing apart the brothers, yeah. Basically... Will Jack sleep with her or not is what she's there for. And then they give her an Oscar nomination because they've, I don't know, reasons. Not that she's bad in the movie. She's the only good thing in this piece of shit. But uh, I don't know. When you're 13, there's a lot of reasons. (laughs) This is definitely the movie that got me into puberty. (laughs) I'm a new man now. To the point where, I mean, I do remember, all. like, I don't remember the movie, but I remember her. Right. And, you know, Hot Shots did great stuff with this. Oh, did, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll always have a thing for girls on pianos. You know? <laughs> Jeff Bridges, could he be any lower in energy in this movie? He, it seems like it's an absolute effort for him to say words yeah. in this movie. He, there's a difference between disaffected cool and just disaffected in general. Like he's just, whatever, I got a dog. I'm going to take the dog to the vet. Is my dog okay? I'm just here to pick up my dog. All right. Well. Hey, uh, you're you're a good singer. Do you want to maybe ha- go upstairs and have sex? Maybe. <laughs> no. All right. All right. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna leave. Uh, we're gonna break up. We're done. I was like, these people are movie stars. These people are actors <laughs> for a reason. It's because you want to see them do their thing. And if you're just sucking all the energy out of the scene, you're like, I, why am I even watching this? <laughs> you know. I the, the I I was blown away. I've never seen a, I've never seen a legitimately bad Jeff Bridges performance, and this is a bad performance. Blown Away is okay. This movie, by the way. Which Blown Away are you talking about? The one with the Corys? The two Corys? Or the other Blown Away? The one, okay. This movie got four Oscar nominations. Really? Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. The editing for fuck whatever. Editing. The score got a, got a nomination. And I'm like, what about that score? That score is a piece of shit, first of all. I mean, the, the piano parts, for the most part, are they're all right. But... There's a point in this movie where just out of nowhere, just completely, it's like they left in a temp track somewhere that is just the worst 
alto sax synth mix that I've ever heard in my life. I felt like I was being assaulted. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is 80s movies that got saxophone in it? <laughs> that, means, that means sex. This is the it worst. Oscars. Yeah. All this was, but all this was was a driving scene. It was oh, just really? the driving from the hotel to the hotel. Okay. That's all they're doing. And they'd switch the score for this three-minute period for no reason. And then they go back to the piano shit. What the fuck? I was so mad. It hurt my ears so much to hear that. Sometimes they don't realize how bad it is in the moment. I mean, we talked about the morning after a few years ago, and I think only I saw it. But Jane Fonda got nominated for an Oscar, and that was one of the single worst performances <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Opposite Jeff Bridges, oddly enough. <laughs> you know why this movie got all this attention? Michelle is Pfeiffer. Be- Michelle Pfeiffer and, and dirty old men of the Academy. I mean, really, oh truly, my goodness. the, the yeah. elderly yeah. fucking academies hearing this beautiful, gorgeous woman singing songs that were from their lifetime, from their lifetime, their youth, the songs that they loved as children. That's familiar. I like that. <laughs> I think of the That's Familiar review from The Simpsons all the time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just the hit with that. Yeah, See, that's <laughs> bothering me because now it's like you got the prepubescent us, you right. know, twelve to fifteen or whatever. Andy we were. Williams. And then you got the dirty old men, all of us kind of on the same yeah. wavelength going into this movie. <laughs> Pretty much. It's kind of disappointing. I think you hit the nail right on the head there. I yeah. think that's exactly everything. <sighs> that's a good transition. Crimes and misdemeanors. <laughs> Speaking dirty of dirty old, old men. men. <laughs> uh, Woody Allen and Martin Landau. Martin Landau plays an ophthalmologist who uh, orders a hit on his... Uh, Secret Girlfriend, played by Angelica Houston. Uh, Woody Allen is a documentary filmmaker hired to make a documentary about his brother-in-law, who he hates, played by Alan Alda, and that's being produced by uh, Mia Farrow, who's uh, uh, somebody he begins to have a huge crush on while he's still married. Uh, and it's about, uh, yeah, it's about an examination uh, of morality, and it's about an examination of... Uh, Em- the emptiness in general of the average of the average life the, uh, the the things that you want that add up to absolutely nothing uh you know martin landau commits essentially a murder in this movie and nothing happens to him and he just gets to walk away and live his life and actually become a be- a better husband and father because of it <laughs> like and more successful and happy after he's done this uh <laughs> It really is. A, it, it is that dark, and and uh, yeah. Then you've got Woody Allen's thing, where he, it's just he's just this selfish, narcissistic guy who has to have everybody live into the box that he wants them in, and when they don't, he views it as this grand tragedy. And I find it fascinating that, that even if it's almost by accident, Woody Allen is commenting on just how shitty these guys are. Uh, as much as he puts very little work into creating the female characters who could actually further demonstrate that, because these female characters are basically nothing in this movie, uh, it is, it, it's about letting them off the hook so he can just keep beating these two guys, <laughs> into, beating on how horrible these two guys are and how the universe doesn't care how shitty they are. <laughs> as far as other Woody Allen movies, where would you put this one? Or? It's high. It's high on my list. One of my friends, this is his one of his favorite one. I, I like Stardust Memories and then, you know, Manhattan and then Annie Hall. But I mean, is this worth checking out? I haven't seen this one. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's it's an easy watch and it's also one where you're just kind of fascinated by the, the sort of train wreck quality of what he's commenting on almost accidentally. <laughs> 
Because I honestly, I mean, I don't know what he, I can't speak to what his actual intentions were. Right. But he really, I mean, if you look at it from a, from the perspective that I'm looking at it from, he's really laying into the emptiness of the universe that would mm-hmm. allow people like Martin Landau to, to, do. to do what he wants and, and to get away with it and not even feel all that much guilt about it. And how he's taking this guy who is <laughs> played by himself, who... Uh, has so much of the things that he wants and can't have them. <laughs> the universe just denies him everything that he wants and keeps throwing in his face how everybody else get what gets what they want. Uh, I, I dig it from that perspective. It is a it's a deconstruction of uh, narcissism and self involvement that uh, that he does pretty much better than anybody. That's very cool. Uh, and then kind of the main movie. <laughs> Look who's talking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what? Thank goodness this movie came around for John Travolta. Otherwise, people would have just forgotten. He would have yeah. been totally erased from the 1990s. The true movie that, that re- resurrected It resurrected career. this man's career. Oh, man. Thank God Bruce Willis could help him along the way. Christy um, Alley. Christy Alley. Oh, my goodness. But, I mean, it is like, there, once again, there's just people on the screen in this movie this was like a mo- moment in time. Like everywhere I went, somebody rented this tape. Every sleepover, somebody had this or like three men and a baby. Like this was what people were watching. It was like constantly on TV. This yeah. is what people were watching. Uh, some people are kind of down on the uh, the sex education portion of this. <laughs> but we are living in idiocracy, people. And I'm pro this movie. People need to know more about sex. People need b- birth control. I've got multiple... I've got multiple foster children at my home now. They need to know about birth control. <laughs> it's like people, uh, but it is, uh, it's so much fun just watching John Travolta do his thing. And then when he plays characters, to, I mean, he's like a scumbag, but he also, just watching him dance, watching him do his thing, like just him having joy, like he's so sad right now. Like in anything, it's just, it, it's just so sad. Like I want everyone to live a happy life, but it doesn't seem like that's, I don't want to watch him on film anymore. Like here, it's so much fun watching him and yeah. and look who's talking. There's that gleam in his eye in this yeah. movie. You know, I want to be a pilot. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is basically like the country music of movies. It's just yeah, it's like the alt country. Is <laughs> it the Walmart of movies? What's the easiest thing to consume for people? Yeah, they just kind of glossed over the felony he creates by taking <laughs> over her address. <laughs> No problem. Oh, also, my in my podcast, I don't know if we're to blame or partially to blame, but the who's this? Who's his uncle? Not Robert Loja. Who's the other guy? Abe Bogota. Yeah, he plays his uncle. There was a countdown website for a while, and every week on our podcast, we do like another week. He's still alive, and then eventually he wasn't alive, and we're like, maybe it's all our fault. Once again, it was 2016 when all the celebrities died. He also died. Abe Pagoda also died. Yeah, but everybody thought he was dead for 20. Yeah, years. I know, and they had like three or four like fake deaths. Your podcast probably, your podcast probably reminded people he was still like, alive. Who's Abe Pagoda? Fish from Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues. <laughs> Or no, uh, um, the uh, Barney Miller. Barney Miller, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched this with my kids, and they need to know, but he's right. Uh, and my kids always, like, there was a picture of our, like, a family picture with out my son and my niece in it, because they weren't born yet. And he would always ask when he was little, where, where, where am I in this picture? And I'm like, you're in my balls. <laughs> 
<laughs> you were swinging Greatest around. father ever. My daughter just went to a funeral, and then it was her, my brother-in-law's grandmother-in-law, and my my daughter ended up going with my wife, and my daughter came home, and she's like, you know what, Dad? When you're dead, you're dead forever. I'm like, so I'm like, maybe it's never, it's not too young. Just give people some reality. It's like, this is what happens, you know, <laughs> circle of life. And I'd always tell him he was like a little fish swimming inside there. And as he's watching the beginning of the movie, he goes, Dad, they're more like tadpoles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> Sex ed, birth control. That's what, we're living in idiocracy. This is what we need. Yeah. And but at the same time they were just like I don't want to watch this. They were fighting me tooth and nail. I'm like just get to the point where the baby talks. And then once Bruce Willis started talking, they were. It took a while, but by halfway through, one of them had to go to the bathroom. And they're like, pause it. Don't I want? I don't want to miss it. I ended up not, loving it. Not just Full House, but this movie and multiple other movies, including Cocktail, Beach Boys, everywhere. Another, they want another yeah. Beach Boys song. We're bringing it back. I feel like all the other like 60s and like good 60s and 70s bands are like. I'm not putting my movie in the 80s, <laughs> putting my music in any of these 80s movies with Beach Boys all for it. <laughs> oh, Mike Love will rub his shit all yeah. over everything. Where do you Where's want Where's my me? check? I need my check. Yeah, I'll do Full House. <laughs> Hell, I'll put your star in my band. Yeah, it's Jesse, fine. Jesse. He can play drums. I don't care. He's so handsome. <laughs> we'll get some scary, with some carryover strange. Anyway. We just want Mike his drums. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? Nothing. <laughs> I do remember though, as a kid, when I had to watch, when I watched it, we were not allowed to watch the first, the 10, first part, yeah. twelve minutes of it. I saw it in the theater. I remember seeing it in the theater. <laughs> I did not. I remember specifically seeing it at a friend's house and us having to sit in the other room until it was time to come in. <laughs> and then, but I, I think it's good to see like a powerful single woman too. I mean, she's pretty strong. I mean, she's a career person. She's doing this by herself. I mean. It's it's good. I think it's a good movie. I mean, it's not a good movie, okay? <laughs> but it's a good mess. It's got some good messages within. Yeah, I mean, everybody's kind of an idiot. I mean, they're yeah, sad. yeah. <laughs> but it's it's if nothing else, it's fun. I don't know. What do you think, Sean? Do you like it or not really? I hate country music. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, seventy. I like old country. I like seventies music. Willie Whalen. It's just it's it's, it's just one of those movies that's just it's so fucking bland that anybody can watch this and and enjoy it. it you'd never have to think about anything. It's just it's, it's the, just, you think it's just vanilla ice cream of yeah, movies. It yeah, it truly is. It's Garth Brooks. You know, just uh, I I hear something that's happening, but I it sounds like it's a upbeat. Fuck yeah, I'm great. All right. Yeah, it's like. Apparently it's good. He's sold out five nights in a row. It made like a bajillion dollars, and it made two sequels. People wanted to watch this, even though it was trash. But it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else on Look Who's Talking? I can't believe we're talking about this fucking thing. (laughs) It was fun. It's fun. This is the only one I didn't watch this week. Okay. <laughs> I, I know I don't need to watch this garbage. I watched half of this Burt Reynolds bullcrap over this, this movie. I saw this movie when I was 13 years old. I never need to see it again. <laughs> uh, that will be our show. The next week we got Maleficent 2, The Mistress of Evil, Zombieland 2, and then our classic is Zombieland. <laughs> 
because we're going to be lazy this week. That <laughs> does predate the show, right? Zombie Land. It does predate the yeah. show. Did you get? Did you guys like Zombie Land? I love it. I love it. I think it's good. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious. I maybe I don't. Was there a clip in there where they're talking about Bill Murray dying? In I thought movie? Bill Murray came back or something, or I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Whatever. We'll see sure what happens. Blew a hole in him and he died and then came back to life as a zombie. Right. Okay. I don't know. It looked like I don't know. There's. It looks like it's too big. The sequel. I don't know. I'm a little worried. It's not going to be as good. But anyway, and then from '89, uh, you can tell me if any of these are worth watching. Uh, Fat Man and Little Boy. <laughs> it's about the bomb. Yeah. I don't know. It seems that we watched it in, in social studies in like 11th grade. <laughs> Gross Anatomy. Matthew Modine. Prequel to Grey. I watched Gross Anatomy. It scared me to the death of like college. I was like, college is, you're going to have to, and it, it's, I just thought college would be a lot harder than what it was. And this was like people actually, doctors have to study a lot harder than normal people. <laughs> and then next of kin. Oh, oh. wow. Swayze <laughs> and Liam Neeson. It's got oh, Bill Paxton man. in it too, I think. This is his follow-up to Roadhouse. There's mullets galore. <laughs> Roadhouse two next to Ken. Liam, Liam Neeson's. He's got. He's making his own. He makes his own bullets. He's got. He's super trash. I mean, he plays a person from a mountain person. It's. Uh, I think. Who else is in it? Who's the love interest? Oh God, I don't remember. I thought they were Ken. I didn't know they have. <laughs> well, like the love interest, she plays the violin, and then she comes down to visit the family. Oh, you play the fiddle. You played it. So it's like it kind of leans. And Barry, uh, Ben Stiller's in it. He plays like a mafia guy. Uh, it is, uh, it's real bad. It is- <laughs> Helen Hunt? Yeah, Helen Hunt plays the, the uh, love Helen interest. Hunt, it's, yeah. I think it's Chicago. I think this takes place in Chicago. And then there's like a, a lizard guy, and then there's like a bow and arrow guy. Like each mountain person has their own stereotype that they have. <laughs> and there's a Baldwin. Uh, Bill, it's not Billy Baldwin. It's not. A, I, don't, I think it might be the. I think it's the one. It's that's, the non-Baldwin Baldwin. Baldwin. Adam. The one you don't. Adam like. Baldwin from DC Cab. From Sean's Twitter fights. <laughs> he got a Twitter war with Adam Baldwin once. Was Adam Baldwin? Yeah. He's anti-gay marriage, so I had, really? I had to school him. Poor guy. Still, 2019. I know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like I said, that's our show. I do want to thank our Patreon supporters uh, for helping support the podcast at the key grip level: Charlie Messing and Jason Bryant at the character actor level. Uh, Cousin Jeff, Christina Cato, Zach Covemaker, and Josh and Beth Paul. The special effects level: Sarah Morrell and Corey Finneran. If you want to be a Patreon supporter, head over to IHateCritics.net slash Patreon to help support the podcast. There's also a PayPal link if you just want to make a one-time donation. And then there's our podcast merch. Uh, Tell your friends about the show. Spread the word. uh, And I guess we'll see you next week. Do you want to play a little flick chart or are you going? All right. American Wedding or Highlander? American Wedding. There could be only one. (laughs) <laughs> Which was American Wedding? That is. That's like the fifth American Pie movie. Something that's like that. the third. The last four. I would rather have cast. Highlander. I do like American Wedding. Jason Biggs that's shows fine. his penis. <laughs> oh, isn't there full frontal in the movie with Adam Devine? The. Oh yeah, you do see his dick in the movie. Yeah. Don't you see that in the Netflix movie too? Yeah, the Netflix one too. He's totally. He's a. 
he's a path he's a pathfinder he's a blazing trails for these male nudity in film good for him <laughs> gone with the wind Mulholland Falls which one's Mulholland Falls Nick Nolte uh, crime movie no thanks which was the other movie gone with the wind just gone with the wind fine gone with the wind is so long uh it is on your top. It's better <laughs> than Mulholland Falls. No, the sound of the music is on my list. Not going with the wind. Better than Mulholland Falls. It is, unless it was on This Josh's. is like, everyone's like a 50s no, gangster Josh, or whatever. It must have been on Josh's list. It wasn't on my list. So like a 30s or 40s gangster. Everyone's got three-piece suits or whatever. That's Mulholland Falls. No thanks. Yeah. Uh, I would prefer Mulholland Falls over Gone with the Wind. <laughs> I, I can't. That movie's so fucking long. I can't. I can't deal. I mean, I wouldn't watch either of them ever again. But I'll just say Gone with the Wind because it's supposed to be better. Vanilla Sky, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Vanilla Sky. I'm going Nightmare. I'd rather do Nightmare. Well, what, isn't, there the, the, isn't there a Spanish Vanilla Sky, too? Yeah. I, know, like, I saw that one. I thought that was better. I agree. I kind of feel like Cameron Crowe didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, it's <laughs> like he's just like, I'm, look what I'm doing, guys. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, Dr. Doolittle, the, the 1998, or The Abyss. <laughs> Jesus. You guys didn't like The Abyss at all, huh? No. I didn't rewatch it. I just never... Like, I knew people loved it when I was a kid, but I just never really... Like, I kept watching it. I'm like, I'm waiting for it to click, and it never really did for me. Well, to me, like, I really like the Ed Harris performance, but other than that, nothing else really lasts. Like, everything else is just... I, I didn't hate it. It was just kind of there. Mm-hmm. I guess I would suffer that before Dr. Doolittle. Okay. What would you suffer? <laughs> I'd like Abyss. I'm an Abyss fan. I'm an Abysser. We got conventions. <laughs> First blood, some like it hot. Some, some like, like it hot. hot. First blood. <laughs> <laughs> Calling me a baby killer? I was talking to my brother about it today. We watched that on TV all the time. We never actually finished it. Right. And then Sunday we were finally able to finish it, and we were all excited to see how it ended. And when it ends with just him crying like a little baby, it was so disappointing. <laughs> like he's doing the acting with his fingers, like on his forehead, and he's like tapping. Like I guess he's acting. <laughs> Batman and Robin, nineteen ninety seven, Finding Nemo, Finding Nemo. Nemo. The Brothers Grimm, Sex in the City. Oh, Brothers Grimm, <laughs> Sex in the City is fucking rock. No, thing. I don't want to pick either of those. <laughs> All right. Uh, Captain America, Civil War, you don't mess with the Zohan. Captain America. Zohan? No, I think Captain America is better than Zohan. Even though I don't like Civil War, I will go with that as well. Ooh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, Goodfellas. Oh, wow. Goodfellas. That is but I like Cuckoo's Nest, too. I think I, it's Cuckoo's Nest for me. Honestly, yeah, I think so, too. Okay. I think I would watch Cuckoo's Nest before I watch Goodfellas. That said, I've watched Cuckoo's Nest last, and sometimes that matters, too. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me next year in 90 when we do that Goodfellas. <laughs> the Maltese Falcon Zodiac. That is tough. That's two different things. Man, that's tough, though. I I just watched Zodiac again. I really like that. That whole in the basement scene when they're looking through the posters or whatever, yeah, that's just that chilling. Is, oh, such a good scene. Yeah, I'll go Zodiac. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'm with you. I love Maltese Falcon, though. Uh, the Bodyguard, the 40-Year-Old Virgin. 40-Year-Old Virgin. I'll do that, too. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but but like, I felt like the Bodyguard is also one of those milk toast. 
alt country movies and everyone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that song played every about thirty times a day on the radio station. Everyone, everyone loves the bodyguard. It's got Kurt. You know, it's got a you Kevin know Kevin Costner. Costner in it. And then, like, do you have the cover of the movie, and it looks like he's holding Whitney Houston, but he's not. It's yeah, else. <laughs> yeah. It was too demon to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, 1999, Along Came Polly, 2004. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Drop Dead Gorgeous. No question. People need to watch the movie today. Because they don't get my references when I reference it. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that movie. Are you serious? What is it? It's, a, it's like a mockumentary. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Also, it's got the star of Look Who's Talking in it. She plays one of the mothers. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> Maybe I have. About beauty pageants? About beauty pageants? Now that I, I... It's got one of Charlie Sheen's wives in it. <laughs> Actually, it's possible. I, 90, yeah, it's, it's been a while, but I, need, I won't get the references because I barely remember it. But The Others saw three. I like Saw one, and I really like Others. I like Saw all of them. You know, that's good. I like them as a collective more than anything. So why do you like Saw and not other crappy horror movies? <laughs> I think because Saw has an idea. Okay. Whereas most other horror movies don't have an idea okay. behind them. I think Saw is about more than just the, the demonstration of gore. I think there's a, a important purpose to what they're doing there each time. And I dig that. Um, and I like Saw 3 a lot. I think The Others is a better movie. I agree. Up against each other. Saw as a whole, as a franchise, I think is a better overall thing, but Others is a better individual movie. I'm with you. I, with the Saw movies, it's like one, two, and three. Like, I know for a fact three was written as a different movie. How they, many they are there? Seven? Eleven? Saw movies. Seven, right? I think seven. Because <laughs> okay. they did the main Sorry. six, and then they ruined it with this newest one. <laughs> okay. Rush Hour, Cold Mountain. Cold Mountain. Would, Cold Mountain's better. Yeah. Even with there's weird accents, but still better. Ender's Game, Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth, yeah. Disturbia, About Schmidt. About Schmidt. <laughs> Dear Induku. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. It's really. I. It's really good. I it think is. it's. It's. I think it's also about just a movie about just like your life's not really going to be what it, you think it's going to be. You know, like just take it what it is. You know, don't get up. You know, right? Gladiator. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Who framed Roger, Roger Rabbit? Rabbit? I think Josh would take Roger Rabbit too, as much as he likes Gladiator. A Knight's Tale, Phantom of the Opera, two thousand four. Knight's Tale. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Deceptively fun. Yeah. That's got, is it Alan Tudek? The other yeah. ginger man in Hollywood? It's good. <laughs> good for him. Here's a unique one. Unbreakable, the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, interesting. Uh, Unbreakable. Yeah, that's like my least favorite. Un- Royal Tenenbaums is my least favorite of his movies. Oh, really? Yeah. See, that's my most favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I like, I really I, like Royal Tenenbaums, but I really like I like Unbreakable. Unbreakable. I put Unbreakable above it, but I, re- I like Rushmore the best. Well, I, I guess I, I almost think of Rushmore as somebody else. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Rushmore, but then this is my second. Uh, Smoke, 1995. Pinocchio, 1940. Which one's Smoke? 
Madonna and uh, oh. Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. No thanks. <laughs> Pinocchio it is. Yeah. Uh, anything fun to end this on? Borat or Ray? Borat. <laughs> Actually, what did I like? I no, you like the performance a lot. That's but right. You didn't like the movie. Yeah, I'll go for it. Yeah. I did. I did do an impression of my mom there. Did I see that movie? Did I like it? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you see so many movies. A few good men, the sting. A few good men. Yeah. Wanted to go out on something funny. Uh, Stand by Me or The Punisher 2004. <laughs> Stand by Me. <laughs> Stand by Me. <laughs> the X Files Ben Hur. Yes, Ben Hur? I don't know. The X Files. This is the first X Files? <laughs> Fuck Ben Hur. 1998. That one's good. I go with that one. I've never watched The X Files, the show, or anything. Anything? You didn't know anything about it? Yeah, I knew it existed, but X-Files I never watched files? it. X-Files files? You never listen to X-Files files? Well, I figured I got to watch the TV show yeah, first. <laughs> uh, Scream 2, Remember the Titans. Scream 2. I don't like Scream 2. Why you got to remember the Titans on there? This is with Denzel? Yeah. I'm going with that. I like Remember the Titans. I do not. Enough. <laughs> I'm a big Scream fan, but then like I was pretty... I guess that's, you know, it just... Episode one's coming out. Disappointed with that. Scream two's coming out. Disappointed with that. I put them in the same category. Scream three really sucks. Yeah, real bad. That's a shitty movie. Yeah. All right, last one. Alien versus Predator versus Screwballs. <laughs> screwballs. This is the Canadian film Screwballs. Yes, nineteen eighty-three. I'm going with Screwballs. <laughs> I don't... As am I. Okay, sure. 